are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse. Short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. We have just one more week until the 10 year anniversary of The Dark Verse. Yes, I started this podcast 10 years ago on October 8th, 2007. It's pretty crazy to think that that much time has gone by. And also on this upcoming date is the launch of the Kickstarter project to publish the hardcover tome of The Dark Verse, Volume 4. So some exciting things happening in just a week. To make sure you don't miss out on any of the announcements regarding the Kickstarter project or any other special giveaways I might be doing in the month of October, definitely go to my Facebook page and like it so you can see my post there or go to thedarkverse.com and sign up for my newsletter there. Those are two ways that you can ensure to get all of the information as I release some exciting things coming up here. If you feel so inclined, please rate the Dark Verse. And now, let's get into it. This is episode 111 of the Dark Verse, and it is entitled The Hourglass Executioner. In an endless abyss, a void of nothing, I fell screaming and reaching for a salvation that was not attainable. Darkness surrounded me, and a torment filled unmoving time. I was an arcane contrivance, an entity summonable by complex evocation, created by the terrific gods of Olvelktol. From another life, of which the memories evaded me, I was seized and cursed, transformed into an abomination to be enlisted only by the most accomplished of necromancers, sorcerers, conjurers, and witches. A star, with its size, energy, and force beyond comprehension, and its power a ruler of universes, bowed to the consecrate tabernacle of almightiness embodied in my conjured form. I was the ultimate tool of directed death, a supernatural assassinator that could not be stopped. Not by physical strength, not by godly magic, not by any cosmic authority. I could be ordered to slay kings or commanded to destroy planet-sized beasts. I could be led through the veins of nether realms to kill what was already dead, or conducted to pull a supreme being from its arrogant throne. But in my waiting between conjurations, 
I remained a convoluted entity in the dark emptiness, the timelessness, until my name and essence were called on through elaborate, arduous rituals. While in corporeality I was a constitution of certain doom, in the timelessness I was a scattered soul, beleaguered and distraught. Whether minutes or years or centuries separated my presence in the physical and spiritual realms, I spent a seemingly eon-long duration in my void prison. Where there was an absence of time, even a second was eternity, and its great affliction was the sickness of an aimless existence, of being somewhere, but not being present. In manifestation, a twisted hourglass became my body. Between thick, ebony and veiny appendages that were my arms and legs, and a castle-shaped head with red eyes and an eerie, gaping mouth, vertical, translucent, purple tubes that encompassed my torso entangled one another and joined at a single, narrow opening in my waist that led to a chamber of collection. Another chamber, atop the passages, occupied my chest. This chamber was filled with an amount of red crystalline granules that determined the duration of my material presence, the length I would be among the existing until I carried out my execution in unison with the passing of the last granule. While my summoner decided the mark to be slain, it was the gods of Olvelktol that controlled the period of time allotted to my hourglass. This was their reminder to me of the supremacy they held over my existence, over what life I was able to live. Once my hourglass had depleted and my task fulfilled, I was sucked back into the timelessness to await my next evocation. After an unknown period of dormancy in the harrowing limbo of the timelessness, I was called on once more. As I exploded into essence, life and power surged within me. Relief expanded from me like the vigor of a burgeoning world. The great hall on the fourth floor of a four-level ziggurat that contained the necessary markings, diagrams, and written incantations to summon me, and the rest of the edifice beneath and the roof above, shattered as my gigantic size ripped through their infrastructure. Where once solid architecture stood, now I towered, embanked in the temple as if it were an egg I had hatched from. The edifice was built into the side of a mountain's lower rocky slope. My height matched that of this initial slope's pinnacle, and I looked down at the ripped open structure nestled into its base. Wreckage and bodies, dead and wounded, scattered around my feet. Screams filled the reaches of the unseen corridors in the ziggurat. In a crevice of the uppermost remains, in what was left of the hall in which I was beckoned, my conjurer hunched. Whom do you appoint for death? I asked, my voice bellowing like a thousand drums down from the sky. I appoint one of your oppressors, one of the gods of Olvelkdol, but I need a name, the conjurer replied. You must help me, us. All of this, the conjurer stood up to fully face me and gestured with one arm towards the ziggurat and its disciples is for you. 
We know of your torment, and we will free you from it. It was a she who beckoned me. I saw her now. Silvery white skin and emerald blue eyes framed by gray hair and an ashen hood. I laughed. You are not fond of the timelessness, are you? The conjurer asked, stifling my expression. You are not the only omnipotent creature to roam in the physical realms. We know of old Velktel, and perhaps we hate the ruling gods as much as you. You do not have the time to succeed, I said, interrupting. There are many gods of Olvelktel, and you have but one nomination. You would be the dust falling from a weathered shrine if even there was a way. There is a way. Give me the name, and you will, in time, as you say, see. You have no reason not to, whether by the chance of some greater outcome or not. You have the opportunity this moment to pluck one of your overseers from the immortal corruption that taints it. Sagabomishk, I said. Sagabomishk, immoralized. The female conjurer and I locked eyes, and for a moment our communication paused. The conjurer broke the silence. I appoint Sagabamisht Immoralai to receive the full brunt of your life-dispersing blow. A crack in the twilight sky immediately opened, and five colossal spiked tendrils reached down out of it, wrapped around me, and pulled me up off the ground. Glimmering colors reflected off the tendrils, as if they were coated in oil. Once in the air, the tendrils ripped me apart above my chest, gaining access to the top chamber of my hourglass. From on the other side of the fissure, in the realm of the gods of Ovelktol, red crystalline granules poured into the chamber, filling it to its capacity. Never before had the maximum allotment of time been given. The tendrils then put me back together and placed me on the ground where I initially stood. With the acquisition of time, knowledge of my target's whereabouts and of the journey to reach it within the designated time infused my being. My quest begins, I said to my summoner. By the time this deed is done, you and your children's children and their children's children will have left this plane. The measure of vastness required to sever this bane far extends beyond the reach of any mortal meddling. I will take thee with me in my mind as I journey the galaxies to the realm of Alvelktal. For an uncertain amount of time, but a time that was mine to exist, I strode through the reaches of space, rejoicing within at the victory that was to be mine while marveling at the cosmos and all of their astral glory. With each stride, each step upon massless space with a force of propulsion rooted in occult dexterity, granules of crystalline time slid through my hourglass body. Even in the absence of gravity, the mechanism of my slavery functioned. The time assigned to me was fortuitous, but the truth of its allotment was not lost on me. It was the postponement of the inevitable. Sagabomishk Immorali, one of the gods of Olvelktol, was going to die. There was no escape, only delay. But their delay was my privilege, 
my opportunity to experience, to see, to feel, and I did all of these things as the passing of time brought me to my destination. The realm of the gods of Ovelktal was a spectral collage of bright colors and sporadic irregular shapes. Things wicked and ominous hid beneath the vividness, and horrific creatures, slender and long, populated the domain, feeding on beings collected from many universes that drifted aimlessly. Chunks of half-eaten flesh floated amongst these living entities, making it difficult to distinguish between the two. I maintained the same pace as I ambled through the discord. Huge, hulking beasts that appeared to be some of the hovering shapes sprang to life and attempted to bar me from my continuation, but there was nothing they could do to stop me. My movement was impervious. Deeper in the realm, I reached the hiding place of Sagabamishk and Morali. He hid in a shrouding cloud between shape beasts and other protectors he had called on. I walked towards him without hesitation. The creatures pounced on me, but all they could do was cling to my body as I continued to walk forward without a hint of hindered momentum. I approached the god with ease and grabbed and hoisted up his shimmering, headless, sludgy, spiked, tentacled mass. All at once, the final granule entered the bottom of my hourglass body and the powerful being fossilized and crumbled into a downfall of sand. In succession, my hourglass body collapsed and my essence was delivered to the horrid timelessness. As an eternity passed, I was summoned again and emerged from a lone structure in the middle of a desert plain. The structure, which contained the rites of my conjuration, was fully demolished by my materialization. Whom do you appoint for death? I asked of the male left at the base of the wreckage. His face was silver and his eyes radiant blue. Thick, gray garb covered his body and a scarf wrapped around his neck and covered his mouth and nose. I appoint one of your oppressors, one of the gods of Ovelktol, but I need a name, the silver-faced conjurer said. My father's father is the son of the son of the mother who long ago cast into oblivion a god of Ovelktol. I am here to continue what she started. Then she meant what she spoke, I said. We will outlast time and bring you back over and over until the gods of Ovelktol are gone forever, the summoner said with certainty. I gave the name. It was spoken and again my hourglass was filled to capacity of crystalline granules. I trekked across time and space, vanquished another god of Ovelktol, and returned to the timelessness. Three more cycles through the generations of the bloodline of silver-faced conjurers passed, as I was summoned three more times to kill three more of the gods of Ovelktol. In all, Five had perished. Sagabamished Immoralai, Erilamentle, Curlstar, Yaklegtrixt, Lollardin, Truglin Turtinsk, Fikarak, and Bait Van Gextel, Krautmav. There was only one left, but I could not recall its name. 
The memory of this sixth god was solid and irrefutable, but its image and moniker had been vacated from my mind. Whom do you appoint for death? I asked as I stood before the sixth silver-faced conjurer. I appoint one of your oppressors, one of the gods of Ovelktol, but I need a name, the conjurer said. There is only one god of Ovelktol left, I said, so you must designate the last god of Ovelktol, for as existence is void of other nomenclature, that is its true denomination. Very well, the conjurer said. I appoint the last god of Ovelktol for death. There was a loud and abrupt sound like the shattering of glass. What it was did not occur to me until I looked down at my body and saw fragments of the hourglass fall to the ground. I cracked and cascaded into a heap of fossilized pieces, withered into sand, and drifted into a more permanent timelessness, one from which I would never return. That concludes episode 111 of The Dark Verse. You can listen to and or download all of the past episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Player.fm, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a plethora of other applications. If you really enjoy the podcast and find it in your heart to support it, you can do so at patreon.com slash the dark verse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the dark verse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to my stories and thank you for enjoying horror. All stories on the dark verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember. Remember.